Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa. Happy to have you back. As always, I'm very happy to have by my side, Dale Dempsey, my COO, or he's actually slowly getting a title of uh, Chief Knowledge Officer. It's not my new title. (laughs) Uh, Adventure Explorer. Yes, I'm still your adventurer and explorer. Welcome. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you sit in the in the office outside my office. Ha uh-huh. ha. Yeah, inside joke there. Yeah, I get it's it. It's been a while since we did one of these. So we're really busy. So for everyone joining us for the first time, thank you for joining us. Welcome. This is our humble little podcast area. For those of you that are back again listening to our stuff, maybe binge listening to it over the weekends. One, maybe you should find something else to do as a hobby. <laughs> but, but, but we appreciate it anyway. But welcome to the show. It's advisor talk. It's really just two guys talking about the business, talking about things that are going on, and really the conversations that we have on a weekly basis, daily basis with advisors around the country. And so we try to bring that content to our listeners because you may be in a marketplace where they're not talking about whatever it is we're talking about or somebody's in New Jersey is talking about, and they're not talking about it in Texas or California or wherever. So the goal is to talk about what's going on in the marketplace. So one of the things that we've been asking this time of the year, we've been asked and we talk about a lot is, you know, what are the kinds of things that advisors and practitioners should be doing this time of the year to plan for 2020, right? And so, you know, you and I were talking about that a little bit, you know, for me, and I don't know how you feel, but for me, I think like, you had to figure out, well, where'd you come from? From 2019? Well, from 2019. Yeah, well, 2020 it's- <laughs> is like a, it's really weird. 2020 is like it didn't exist. You know, it was like this odd thing. Yeah. But but really, I mean, look, 2019, 20, 2020, 2022. I say yes, 2020, because I know a lot of our clients, which is for another conversation, even during COVID, had some of their best years. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think it it was an inflection point in a lot of people's careers it made them realize I need to do business in a different way or the way I'm trending to do business, the way I'm thinking about things, this is actually the future is now concept. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to embrace that now. So we have, we've had a lot of conversations around 2022. What should we be planning for here in Q4 2021? Yeah. What should we be planning for? So when I think of like, where were you, right? Where are you today? Where were you? It's not necessarily about the firm that you're at, right? Although that's one thing that you need to take into consideration. But to your point, it's like, well, what did you get accomplished? What things did you do well? How did you handle, and you and your team, right? So it's not you, it's your team, unless you're a sole practitioner. How'd you handle 2020? What were the results coming into this year? So we're wrapping up as you're listening to this, you know, we're sort of wrapping up the third quarter and headed into the fourth quarter. And, you know, if you start planning for 2022 in January of 2022, it's too late. Your competitors are already planned ahead. And so everyone needs to start thinking about doing things now because it takes time. And especially now with some of these firms not even letting advisors back in the offices yet, it's even more challenging to get everybody together. Although you can do Zoom and I get that, but it's not the same. You know, we visited with a client recently 
And it was great to go in their office and oh, yeah. see their office space and meet everybody. Great and people. You learn a lot more about them than just a Zoom call, right? Oh, yeah. You get the like pseudo client experience, yeah. which leads to many other conversations. But, but about thing, where you want to go. But where you want to go. And which so, one, is the next question. Well, so how do you, so how yeah, do you get there? Segue. <laughs> that was a good segue, right? That was a great segue. Right. So, where do you want to go? Where were you? What you accomplished? Wherever those numbers are, where do you want to go? And that is, are you trying to grow exponentially? You trying to maintain? You trying to live a lifestyle practice? Are you trying to really build an enterprise? Are yeah, you W2 right. and want to go 1099? That kind of thing comes up. You need up. a goal. You need a goal. The only way to get to your goal is to decide what the goal is. Right. And then you have to plan towards that goal. Right. I think all too often advisors sort of, not just advisors, but people in general, they live life under shorter durations. They don't really want to think about- Well, they're, re- like they're reactive, right? They're life not, insurance. Right. Well, yeah, you don't want to think You don't want to think about, about it. it. You don't, you, I love my lifestyle. But the ones that do plan into the future, you can achieve those goals. You can hit those outcomes, but you need a goal first, right? So so what- Well, you, you have, have to, Right. You have to have goals and you have to have short-term goals, long-term goals. And those are monetary to some degree. It could be- you know, non-monetary, it could be personal goals, right? And are they tied into your professional goals and that of your staff, right? And you need to be thinking about that and talking about that. And you maybe you don't have like what we're doing next week, right? Or the week after, you know, we get together and we're going to be talking as a team offsite. We're going to be getting together and talking about what our vision is for the next 10 years and our three-year vision and our one-year plan, right? And so, you know, we're really trying to work through that because there's different things and tasks that you have to work on and implement for the one-year goal versus the three-year goal versus the 10-year goal. So not really having an understanding. I think that the biggest mistake I see a lot of advisors make today is they are reactive, meaning that they just sort of, they're in their routine, you know, they sort of get into the office or get on get working and their clients call and they sort of like, what's the day going to bring, right? Those are the advisors that I would say that are less successful, not that they're not successful, but they're maybe less successful than the advisors that have stated goals, written goals, and get up and execute on those goals on a daily basis. Yeah, they're driven by crises. The catalyst really is whatever comes in over the phone. Right. And so actually- That dictates my day. Yeah. Instead of the constant reminder of the goal that they've set. So here, I'll throw some, I'll throw a common one out here that that I've heard recently. A lot of advisors, and this is maybe something to think about, that have legacy trail business are trying to work through how do I transition these into a fee-based relationship? What does that look like? What are my options? And I've seen some creative ways to do this in the past where you're having a conversation with the client to just sort of reset the expectations on who you are and what you do and justify that. But what's and been going into the end of the year, into the new year is a great time to do that. Great time to do that. And you're going to find a lot of help though from firms now, not only platforms, but annuity companies across the board that are putting out new product that's advisory friendly that didn't exist in the past. New types of share classes, new types of- Well, I mean, if you're an advisor that has a largely L-share, C-share, book of business, you're probably seeing that price compression and your fees are going down. So, you know, what's your next move, right? You need to be yeah. thinking about that stuff and converting, doing share class conversions. Again, I'm not telling people what to do with their investment management money, but no, share class conversions, yeah. advisory business, you know. How do you better align yourself with the client and your, with your goals? It all falls under that right. category. Right. And what we've noticed is a lot of firms out there are not so 
open to those sorts of practices anymore. It limits you as an advisor, what you can do for your clients. You want to keep, I don't say on trend, you, you want to modernize your practice. To well, the, look, the business is moving away from the industry, I should say, is moving away from that type of business, right? Margin compression on their fees, on mutual fund company fees, higher regulatory scrutiny. And so firms are just really looking at that and not really liking that business. And that, you know, if you're an advisor that's gotten a valuation done, we do some of that valuation business for clients. You'll find that you're, even though advisors look at it like it's recurring revenue, right? Yes, it is technically, but it's not advisory. And the multiple that one gets on, on that kind of business is much different. And so I think that's something that you have to look at when you're talking about where I want to go is selling in the future, right? Are you going to be working on getting a valuation? Sort of to your point about the insurance thing. Are you working on a continuity plan? Do you even have one? Are you a sole practitioner and have nothing? Think about what happens if something happens to you. Those are the types of things that you need to be looking at when you're thinking about where am I going and what do I have in place, right? The other component of that is, and we're talking about you, you, you as the advisor, but you know, generally the successful teams have a strong team around them, right? Hence successful teams. Of all the things that we're talking about is your team on board, right? So when you, the conversion of mutual funds, share classes, right? Is your team on board? Do they buy into the vision of where you're going? Have you articulated the vision of where you're going or is it just in your head? You know, are, the, are you talking about it all the time? Are you having meetings to go through where you were, where you want to go, where you are today and how are we going to get there? People want that on a team, even if they don't agree with it, or even if they're bought in head over heels, they want to be able to tell that story automatically to someone else, whether it's at you know the, the holiday sorry, party. So are you head over heels or don't agree with it with our vision? Just kidding. No, well, <laughs> see, I would answer it like this. Regardless of my opinions on it, I can articulate it, right? I know exactly where the goal is. I know exactly the long-term vision to get there. And I've got a really good idea of the short-term goals, but that's your whole point, right? right. And just a side note, yeah, I, I like the vision. Got I'm it. on okay. board with just the vision, sure. right? Okay. Not that I'm putting Taking spot, my temperature right now. Right. right. Just checking. <laughs> so are you in or you out? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, You're all in. But if- no, Right, but exactly. But need, they they want to know some direction. Team. Yeah, you, right. need, you, you need your team to be all in on it. If they're not in on it, they don't agree with the vision. You know, um, it, it's it, interesting it, on the on side note, I mean to take a tangent, but you just reminded me of something because- that particular piece, right, is something that's really important. Dale's point to the ability for you to articulate your vision, right, is something that actually that broker dealers, so sometimes these really successful smaller broker dealers, in the, and I say successful on, on in the recruiting front, right, part of the reason why they're successful and more successful than some of the larger firms is because they have the ability to articulate a vision of where their broker dealer is going to go, their RIA. And a lot of, you know, how many times we get calls from people, they want us to help them recruit. And you say, well, tell me why, if I'm a million-dollar producer, I should join your firm. Mm-hmm. And their first answer is, well, we have technology, right? Really? Okay. Everyone has that. No one's going to say, well, we don't really have good culture and our technology blows. But it's those firms that have the ability to say, well, listen, all the technology is basically the same. But let me tell you about where we're taking this company. Because people want to be part of a winning team, yeah. right? We're in the football season right now. People want to be part of a winning team. And if you can articulate to your team as an advisor how you're going to win, you're going to get more buy-in. You're going to get people that are really working hard 
putting time in, understanding, executing on your client service goals, all those things. And so I think it's important that as you go into your end of the year, you as the principal of your practice, think about not only your vision, but how do you articulate it to your team? Is it on a regular basis? Are things written down? And how often do you talk about it? That's really important. Ooh, I got a case study right here. Maybe it's not a case study. I've got a situation in which, so I've been friendly with these advisors for many years and recently was talking to some some new people that they brought on. Well, recognize the fact that they've gone from the hundreds of millions into the multi-billion dollar space. Mm-hmm. And when I asked, really, I mean, really sort of like a former complex director who's now the head of this independent group, what he was able to articulate was, all right, well, we are highly organized. Everybody's on the same page about everything to the point where they have ongoing on Wednesdays, continued education for all the client service people and the advisors included to make sure that everybody's on the same page. They're literally running weekly meetings so that they all understand the client life cycle. The client service people know what the vision for the advisors is. The investment philosophy is pulled into it. The planning, everything for the whole firm is pulled into it. They've got some stated goals. They're going to hit those goals. And that's a result of planning quarterly and coming up with these. So, you know, what do you want to do? Specifically for them, they're talking about, all right, the next evolution for us is marketing. How are we going to do that? What's our plan for that? I think that as an advisor, what I've seen across the board over the years is sometimes advisors fail to communicate that stuff to their staff. Oh, for um, sure. You know, maybe they'll talk about it with the principals and they'll give them some, they'll tell their assistants. Why is that? What is that? Because loose lips it's, sink it's, ships? No, it shouldn't be a secret. Sometimes it's like since they're only servicing the account, they don't necessarily need to know where we're going because they're not going to, they're not really going to help us. It's wrong. Right. Okay. I'm just, I'm, and it's just sort mentality? of just, that's an unintended downfall, just an unintended action that they're, well, and those are the advisors that aren't talking about, they don't have a vision, they're reactive. So they don't really look at it like, well, why do I need to tell my assistant anything? Cause candidly, they don't really know. At the end of the day, they don't really know. Cause if you're doing that well, you're telling everybody about it cause you're proud of it. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing, cause I, again, one of the goals is not really to make these really long drawn out calls. But one of the big ones, and this is going to come across self-serving, but it's the truth, is that you know you also need to look at is the firm that we're at the right firm for us moving forward? And for those of you that follow me on Instagram and, and LinkedIn, you'll know that I was traveling with a client recently, a big team, and the current firm that they're at, we don't name names here, but the current firm that they're at is a good firm. They like them, but they've outgrown the firm, right? Because it's a multi, multi, multi-million dollar firm practice. And so they've outgrown the firm that what they've realized is they did this exercise and they realized that they really can't get any more out of the firm that they're at in terms of they're already at a high payout. Their economics are really, I mean, not like 98% or something, but you know, the firm can't really invest any more money to make it worth it compared to their competitors and bigger firms. And then you know, I had a call today with a, another client, same kind of deal, right? That they're not at a firm that is going to help them take their practice to another level. And it's just like when you do an account review with your clients. In an interview, you, at least at minimum, you sh- you're doing an annual review of your client's portfolio and their wealth, 
right? Their asset allocation, their life insurance is in good standing order, all of those things. And so as an advisor and a practitioner, you should be doing the same thing, right? Are you at the firm? Are you taking an inventory of the firm that you're at and whether or not they're going to help you get to the next evolution, whatever that is, of your business? And if it's if it's succession, okay, well, then do they have the best succession strategy for you? Or is there another strategy out there? Like, you know, as we had trademarked dual monetization, is dual monetization a better strategy for you than just retiring at the firm that you're at. If you want to know what dual monetization is, you can shoot me an email, frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com or dale at eliteconsultingpartners.com or go check out our website. We have a description of it on there. I think we did a podcast on that. We did, actually. You can check out the podcast as well. So we actually were runners up in the wealthies for financial service industry innovations. Hey, shout out to the wealthies for considering us. Shout out wealthmanagement.com. Thank you very much for that. We were honored. You know, I didn't go to the event, but, you know. I wanted to go. We were honored just to be nominated. It was back to school night. Yeah, that was okay. Anyway, point is, this is the conversation that you should be having with your team and to a degree, your staff, depending on what the relationship is there, right? If you're sharing your support staff with somebody else, don't have that conversation. <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're independent or you have a tight-knit staff, you should be asking them, how is it going from their point of view? You know, how long does it take to open accounts? How long does it take to do certain transactions and to wire money into? Right. That'll help you. That feeds into your plans, right? That, right. Their feedback is, is it's, your it's huge. success is their success. It's huge. So in addition to sort of knowing whether the firm that you're at is important, do you know your numbers? Oh, yeah. We always talk about this, know your numbers. And a lot of advisors sort of work hard to keep your heads down. They're doing their job, but all the while over the last couple of years, the firm's eh, tweaking their comp and tweaking their comp and tweaking their comp and tweaking their comp. Before you know it, you thought you were at a 45% payout, but really you're after discounts and all that stuff, you're at 38 and a half, right? right. If you're a W-2, right? Or if you're at an independent firm, you thought you were at 90 and maybe you are, but the firm stuck in a technology fee or an affiliation fee or an extra this fee or an extra that fee, or they increased the E&O insurance and all of those things you should be looking at. Again, just like you would go through an advisor's financials at the end of every year, you have to go through your financials. Yeah, through your client's yeah. financials. Right. It's the same thing. Did same I say advisor or did I say client? I think you said advisor. That's oh, okay. Good pickup. Everybody see? knew, but so everybody knew. So you do knew. listen to me. You do I, listen. I, do. I See- I just thought he ignores me once in a while, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you go through your client, you go through your clients' financials all the time because I think yeah. that's really important. So yeah, same exercise. Um, I guess maybe then the last thing, and maybe we should have talked about this at the beginning because we talked about team and all that stuff. But candidly, do you have the right people on your team? You know, in the training that we're going through and the coaching that we're going through, it's all about having the right people in the right positions. Right, it's not just people, it's right people. The right people. Is the, is the emphasis. Is in the right positions. In the right places. You know, yeah. just like a football team, right? You, you have to have every person, all 11 people, guys on the team, because there's no women that play football. So. I think I think there's a kicker now and a coach that's starting to... Well, no, there's several, there's plenty yeah. of coaches, female coaches. Well, I mean, look... And the point is, we're not going to go on a tangent. The thought there is she was the right person in the right position so high school, that worked a high out. school team... Yeah. One community was the first woman to score a touchdown or something. I forget. Oh, what it is. cool. We're going off on a tangent. Down a rabbit hole, as we call it. Well, yeah, but, but the you point is identify that. You have to have the right people on the team. And you might have someone that's on your team that's been there for a long time, but maybe they're not getting the vision. Maybe they're not understanding. Maybe they just want to sort of like, you know, do their job and that's it. They don't want to 
expand and grow with what you're trying to get accomplished. So maybe they're not the right person anymore, or maybe they're the right person, but maybe they need to be in a different role and bring somebody else in to, again, take the business to the next level. If you focus on, so for us, it's all about focusing on the advisor, right? And how do we help them maximize the value of their business during their life cycle? And so everybody that's on our team, that's the singular focus. And when we bring somebody out, like we just hired a new CFO. He's a CFA, which is awesome. But one of the main purposes for bringing him in was to be able to help our clients understand their P&Ls, help them understand the pro formas. Because if you're an advisor talking to five or six different firms, you're going to get five or six different versions of a pro forma, right? And so had to figure that out. So that's why we brought him on board. He's the right person in the right position. So you need to be looking at that. I'm not saying blow people out, but really understanding what people's goals are. Ask them what their goals are personally and professionally. And do they tie into what you're all trying to do right now moving forward? Because if, if someone's personal goals and professional goals are not aligned with your practice's goals for your clients, you know, maybe they need to go, right? Or again, maybe they're just in the wrong position now. So those are the kinds of things that you should be thinking about. I know that's a lot and we can truly unpack every one of those topics in its own podcast, but we're not going to. Speaking of unpacking, is it too early to pay Christmas music? I already started. It's the end of September. <laughs> I was wondering who was playing music outside. I don't know what it was, but I did see like, yeah, I started seeing Christmas stuff coming out, but it's really It's going to get here fast. So Because I think well, retailers are itching to start doing that. But Yeah, so don't get caught. You know, look, you take this time now because the holidays are going to be right here up on us to come up with a, a plan or at least start the steps to understand yeah, I, look, planning. I think it's really important. I think that there's no downside to starting early, right? What you don't want to do is go into the holidays in December and everyone's, they're not thinking about these kinds of things, right? So right now, I think is the perfect time, this sort of October, October into November period of time I don't say it's slower. It's not really slow, but it's before the holiday pickup and everyone can be really engaged. And then the strategies and the changes that you want to make, you can put into place before you roll into January. And so you really can hit 2022 in stride and really, really crush it if that's what you want to do. So anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Again, we could have done each one of those topics as another podcast, but you know, if you want to learn more, you want to talk to us about valuations, Talk to us about dual monetization. Are you at the right firm? Give us a buzz. Again, you can call Dale at 856-316-4653, of course. Or you can call me if you want, 4651. You can shoot me a message on Instagram. I've been getting a lot of messages on Instagram. Help move a couple of people, and they're really happy. So we really, Nick, out there for listening. We appreciate you working with us. FrankLaRosa.elite. Also, of course, you can check us out on, on iTunes. And if you're listening to this and you're not watching us, you can go to our YouTube channel. And ring the bell. And ring the bell, as Dale says. Like it and leave us a a great comment. Five-star rating. Uh, Give us that (laughs) five-star rating. Or uh, give us a four if you think that's what... Yeah, don't give us a four. (laughs) You can give us a four and then maybe... Don't give us a four. Give us a five. Yeah, we'll take And shoot us an email. Listen, one of the things we like is really getting questions from people that are on their minds. And then we can just sort of address some of these talks. Thank you for all the questions. Anyway, thanks a lot. Happy to join everybody, Dale. Another great conversation. We'll see you next time. Great talk.